Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. I am Mike. I got here, Mass Dog. What up? It, what up? It is Sunday at 7 p.m. Welcome to the show. First things first, I got a couple right. of things to let you know. What? Do not forget that we're on all the major social media platforms, yeah, right? Totally. We are on the YouTubes. We're on the Facey Spaces. We're on the Instagrams. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Man, if you search self-evident ministry, self-evident podcast, yeah, you'll get a lot of other fake ones, but you'll get us. Just look for our logo. You'll yeah. find us. And you know what? Now's the time, too. If you guys want to share your vid, share the vid right now. Get your friends on here. we got a lot to talk about, especially men rule, girls rule. <laughs> it's about the patriarchy, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about men and their role in society and scripturally what men mean to society and why God ordained certain things to happen. It wasn't because he favored races or sexes. God is not petty like that. We are as humans. He's not like that. He's about justice, law, equity, righteousness, love, mercy, justice, faith, all that stuff. So he's not petty like man. He doesn't think like us. We're thinking to try to put God in a box with these gender roles, races, all these things. He's not. God is sovereign. God is good. You're going to hear more. There we go. Have a great night, guys. <laughs> that was all actually right. good. That was good. Dang, that was... I could have like... Well, you know, done a whole segment yeah. like that. We'll we'll clip it out. We'll All right, just everybody, put it shut up, up Mike. I'm going to take the... over. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to talk. Shut up. Shut up. You guys having fun yet? We are. All right. Mass, you ready? I'm ready to go, baby. All right, news bits. Here we go. So let's go to slide number one. By the way, the title is a joke. Just to get it, it's a joke. Because Destiny said, I love the title. It's a, it's a joke, folks. It's it's to catch it's, opinions. Guys, it's a joke for Massey. It's not for me. <laughs> yes. Here we All go. All right. We're let's get back into this. Yeah, come on. Make a wish. Let's go back to slide number one, Richard. Make a wish foundation decide they hate anybody who doesn't get a vaccine. Story over. Look at that title, guys. So Make-A-Wish Foundation has thrown their hat in the vaccination ring. They've decided that, well, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah, a yeah. terminally ill kid, kid without kill. a kilf. What's a kilf? A kilf. A kilf. <laughs> terminally sorry, ill sorry. Kilf. sorry. Sorry. Come on, come on, come on. we got to yeah, keep going. Serious. All right. Jeez, man. Getting us, off, getting us off track five am, minutes dude. in. Jeez. Uh, they've decided that if you are a terminally ill child – that you must have a vaccine in order to be able to get your wish fulfilled. So President and CEO Richard Davis put out a video this week stating, we've approached this responsibility with a focus and a diligence for your family's health and safety. Okay. Now we've consulted with doctors and medical professionals throughout the National Medical Advisory Council. We've been monitoring public health organizations like the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics. The funniest part about this is, okay, You've been talking to the people you want to talk to because you sure haven't been talking to the exactly. other people. Uh, kind of like the CDC. Obviously, you haven't been listening to the other side of the CDC who recommended vaccinations for anyone 12 and over. That's right. But Make-A-Wish isn't making this distinction. And they won't make the distinction because it's all about a narrative, right? So the, the whole idea is push a narrative, get people involved uh, and on board with what you're saying. In other words, take over academia. This has been happening for so long. Matter of fact, uh, next week's uh, podcast is going to be hot. We're talking a lot about what, and I think our, our last few have been on this, what schools have been destroying our kids with, and look at our society today, right? And so we're seeing a lot of what, we're, we're, we're feeling the effect of what's being taught. It was Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I, th I think it was Jonathan Edwards. I think that said the same. No, it wasn't Edwards. Someone else. It's basically Abraham Lincoln said the philosophy of, of the classroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And, and, and this is the problem. This has been the problem the whole time. Allowing our kids to be taught by a foreign system. We don't even know. We don't have an input in. You know why we don't have input? Because we don't get involved. Right. But now we're seeing the effect of these kids being taught these kind of socialistic policies. These things like patriarchy, these things like this vaccinations. Government knows best. This is dangerous. It's dangerous stuff, dude. What gets me about this is so. On May 10th, the FDA expanded the emergency use authorization. I'm going to say this again. This is emergency use authorization. This is not a fully approved vaccine. You are part of a trial. So the FDA expanded the emergency use authorization for vaccines to include children as young as 12. Once again, under 12, they're not including. Yet, the Make-A-Wish Foundation has gone as far as to say all children the WHO 
conclude that the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine is suitable for children over 12. So you have the WHO, you have the CDC, you have the FDA. They're all saying, look, 12 and up. Now, I disagree with them in the in the realm of 12 and up, but they're not even saying, look, if you're 10 years old, you need to have a vaccine. Yet the Make-A-Wish Foundation is now going to withhold wishes from children who are under 12 because they haven't gotten vaccinated and their family members who are going to participate have not gotten vaccinated. By the way, fewer than 250 children have died from coronavirus. Hey, Massey, you want to know how many coronavirus cases we've had in the world? I don't even know. 180 million. Which Two, is? 250 children have died out of 180 million Which most cases. of that stuff is even questionable because of the false positive and testing and things. Right. So a lot but of this let's is go with their numbers. Let's go with their number, right? So what is that? 7 billion people divided by how many? 100 and 180 million. 180 million. I don't even want to do the math in my head right now, but <laughs> to have 250 deaths and out we're still that. scared about a variant and all these other things, when the variants right now in the UK, they're getting... Uh, people who have been vaccinated are, are half are of them right it. now are catching it. Yeah. It's crazy stuff, dude. And the statistics show that children are more likely to die from the flu than they are coronavirus. Yet we're continuing this on. This is why we've got to pay attention to the statistics and what's being said, because if you're not paying attention to what is being said and the information that's out there, you see something like this from make a wish foundation. You go, well, they're talking to experts. So this must be really dangerous if they're having all of their kids vaccinated before they're willing to give them a wish. Pay attention to the facts. We're going to try and give them to you. You guys ready for number two? You ready? Ready? Okay. I'm ready. That's fine. Slide number two. So police officers are quitting in record numbers. So there was a survey done recently. Nearly 200 police departments, it shows that retirements rose 45% between April 2020 and April 2021. Resignations rose by 18%. So the NYPD itself saw 2,600 officers retire in one year compared with 1,509 the year before. Resignations in Seattle increased to, to 123 from 34, and retirements have risen from 96 to 43. So let's look a little bit at the crime, especially in New York. So NYPD, they had 2,600 officers retire. They had a, uh, uh, where'd it go? Compared to 1509. So this is what happened with the crime. So index crime rose 30%. 66% increase in grand larceny. 35% increase in felony assault. 28% increase in robbery. Yep. 166% increase in shootings. 14% increase in murders. And then you had other places like Chicago. Homicides are up 33%. Shootings are up 40%. LA homicides are up nearly 36%. Yet you have officers that are retiring and resigning in record numbers. And why? And why? Why? So we had a police why? officer come to the office for the church. Uh, someone had stole one of our um, employees' cars. <laughs> Whoa, you okay? <coughs> <laughs> Jeez, it's theft has happened before, bud. Nothing to get all flustered about here. Oh! So he comes over and he goes, Man, you're so polite. I just want to. He shook my hand. He, he said, I've been on the force 11 years. He said, But I'm already changing careers, you know. And he's really, like, just the, the sentiment that's happening. This is Martin County, which is calm yeah. to me. But he's like, Just the sentiment against, you know, us right now is just not, it's not worth it to worry. You know, I have my wife worried and stuff like that, which. You know, there's people who stand on two sides, right? They're like, no cops because they're authoritative, which is like the libertarian almost, you know, kind of viewpoint. Yeah. And everything is a balance, right? I don't, I'm not for force at all. I don't like force. I don't think force is necessary. Uh, and when force is necessary is when someone breaks the law, takes away someone's rights is what I'm saying. If it's taking away someone's rights, yes, force is necessary because they won't listen at that point. But, but he's like, dude, the sentiment, I just want to go home to my family. I just want to help protect the community. That's it. So this was like three weeks ago. He said, he goes, you're so kind and nice. And I'm like, wow, we're kind of a church. You know, gotta, I mean, it's not that I have to be, but I kind of want to be, you know, be like Jesus, right? The yeah, roots. Yeah. So I don't know, dude, it's just, it's, it's weird. And and the people here, you know, we're seeing homicides go up and all these things. What's well, like, you wanted to defund them. Yeah. What did you why, why not? Dude, it's so crazy. Why not defund government? Defund the police. What, defund, yeah. defund government. That's you know? a good point. If, if you're going to go as far as to defund police, just defund all government. 
because they're just as authoritative yeah, as the police exactly. are. Exactly. And they'll use them to their advantage, right? Yeah. The, the, the force and stuff like that. So, yeah, defund the government. Everybody, type that below. Defund the government. <laughs> type it now. Defund the government. Guys, take some time, too. We'll give you guys a few seconds before we continue to share this video. Get it out to your friends. Get out to your neighbors. Guys, SoundCloud has been popping for us yep. right now. Yep. People Keep it going. Are, people who are listening in other countries, what were the two countries that were hearing it? Big lately was Belgium. 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 The U.S., U.K., uh, Spain. It's crazy because now the message of liberty is going everywhere. And they're sick of seeing America turn into a socialist nation, too, for a lot of the part. There's people out there that are coming here because and they're saying, man, it's turning into the country. I just left. They don't want it to turn into that. So, guys, keep praying for us. Keep supporting the ministry because we're getting there. You know what? We're getting everywhere. I'm, I'm really tempted that maybe we should do an EU special. I know we're about America, but Brussels is is the center of the EU, right? So maybe we should do an episode for them and talk about because the EU talks about how they want to be a United States, basically, of Europe. And we could point out some things that we've learned over the years uh, in going that process. But until then, continuing on. So you were talking about this police officer that, that had come down to the church, right? Yes, yes. Which that, that segues really well into uh, the article that I was reading talks specifically about Asheville, North Carolina, which this is really considered the Portland of the South. They're very, very liberal, very progressive. Um, Sorry, I just put the papers blue in Blue spot. In the, yeah. No, you're good. And this is a community that actually, they've gone as far as to earmark $2.1 million to start paying reparations. So obviously it's a community community that believes in social justice, believes in, in Black Lives Which Matter. Which is such a loose stinking... Guys, right. just do your own homework and research on social justice. It's such a loose term that never has any ending. It's just it's just to steal money. It's really what it is. Go for it. Sorry. kind of I kind of stepped in there. That was my bad. Oh, you're good. You're my good. bad, dog. My bad. I just don't know when to take a sip of coffee. <laughs> Because well, I coughed last I was going to say, you do know when to choke on your coffee. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> One sergeant who was on the force for a decade, he quit after last summer, had chipped away at his professional pride and his personal health. He said he could not sleep and he was drinking too much. And at one point, and, and this goes to show you why this guy reacted the way he did. At one point, a coffin laden with dirt and manure was dropped at the front door of the headquarters in wow. Asheville. That's obviously a community that does not want their police around. So more than 80 officers have left the department. Of seven new officers who started training in December, six have already quit. City obviously is, you know, suffering from an increase in all kinds of crime. The squad, this, this is what gets me. So the squad <clears throat> that investigates sexual violence, yeah, sexual assault, domestic violence, they have one officer now. Because everybody else in that department has quit. Wow. What do you think is going to happen to your city, to your community? Community. Community. Right? Yeah. Community. Gosh, this is going I'm well I'm, for I'm, me. I'm bad. I'm bad here, man. I'm just, I'm just mocking. Right no, now. I'm, I'm just rocking. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm as me, man. I'm just, I'm just having fun. What does no, that say? Good. But you're what good. does that say about the community, right? Because uh, what does the Bible say? Um, uh, corrupt good, 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 good manners. What is it? Um, evil. Bad company corrupts good men. Thank you, sir. Bad company. Jeez, oh, and usually I'm pretty good at that. Bad company corrupts good manners. Good, it, it corrupts good conversation in the King James. The word conversation means lifestyle. So like what you're doing, it, it corrupts that yeah. bad company. And it's like in the era of don't judge, isn't it funny? They've judged police. They've judged white people. In the era of don't judge me, they've judged how we do government, how we do society. They've judged our founding fathers, which... If you know any original intent, you know, and all this other stuff, which, which we'll be talking about next week at Revive Church, it's going to be fun, right? So all these things are happening because we don't teach our children. And we're, we are now. There's been a, a massive change. Big move. Yeah, big movement right now, dude. So I'm not, I'm not hopeless, man. I'm, I'm full of hope, actually. Tons of hope right now. I, I've referred to this before, but watching people step up at these school board meetings against CRT really, and, and watching states ban CRT, really has me encouraged me too because it, it means people are coming back against this stuff and they're starting to wake up yeah, and they have so, a backbone now dude yeah you ready to get into the main topic yeah let's do it men All rule, right. girls rule men rule girls drool there point made what else do we need this is the he-man woman haters club <laughs> we are the patriarchy <laughs> brother brother <laughs> so so there's a reason there is a reason, a massive, massive reason we're talking about this. 
and we'll tell you why. There, so, so there's a growing sentiment, and it's been growing for a while, that women, like it's a badge. Uh, this dude is walking around the seats, the, the streets of Washington D.C. saying, just asking people, what's Kamala Harris's ma- ma- major accomplishment? Almost everybody answered the same way. She's the first woman vice president. Funny, huh? That's not an accomplishment, guys. That's not even anything that should be written home about. Is she worthy of the job? And what does it matter about gender? Has nothing to do with gender. Y'all classify the genders. We're looking at is she worthy and fit to be the vice president, right? You can have your opinion on her. I know where my opinion stands. No, but that's not because of she's a woman, but because of her policies. I think even the vast majority of Democrats don't think she's really qualified to be a vice president, but they're willing to overlook that because she's a woman. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what's happening with this conversation of taking out men and replacing it with women and oh my gosh, things would change if there was a woman president. How? How you male or female, you are still restrained by this thing called the Constitution. So it doesn't matter if you're male or female. You're still restrained by this paper called the law. It's like scripture. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Christ is all and in all, right? Male or female, I'm still bound by that word of God. I can't go outside the box just because I'm a male or a female. Whether I run the church or whatever, whatever you feel about that sentiment. The bottom line is the, the patriarch or the male... Even the title itself, the patriarchy, should never even be discussed. And here's the reason, because it's not about male or female. God just placed these things in order for a reason. Why? Why were we the ones born and, and gifted, uh, gifted uh, through the fall of Adam that we would work, that we would tend the soil? But in Proverbs 31, she goes and buys fields and tends them, right? So there's, there's no uh, uh, separation in a sense. But why is it that men were put in place? And women were put in place. Why were they called helpmates? Why does the Bible call them a, weak, a weaker vessel? All those things need to be talked about. Because it's not wrong to be white. Listen to me. It's not wrong to be a man. It's not wrong to be a woman. And if, you know what is wrong, though, is hearing the voices of division. If you're not in the scriptures and you're not reading the word of God for yourself, you'll fall into every single spice of division that's happening out there. And division is not of God. He's the one that does the separating of the sheep and the goats. When we see men dividing, that is demonic, folks. It's demonic. And when you start feeding into that narrative and you start teaching kids that, are they going to listen to God anymore? Because scripture clearly is contradictory to most of what's being taught out there in society. And I want to get into that that bit of division here. Um, I want to read out some statistics because what we're actually going to do is we're going to start, is the man even important in the family? Because... If you're going to define the patriarchy, what you're saying is men have a, an important role. Comment and, below what you guys think the patriarchy is, because we want to know your opinion as yeah. well. We want to read your comments down below, which we usually do. Yep. So please comment below what you guys think about what's been happening in society. Patriarchy versus matriarchy, male, female, whatever. Which actually, can you put up that third slide, Richard? Because this, Richard's going to put up the third slide, and this is really indicative of a lot of the belief about the patriarchy, right? Patriarchy was an artificial social construct based upon violent misogyny and oppression. But matriarchy is a natural evolution that is happening freely and spontaneously. You notice how they've defined this. They have defined this, that patriarchy is false, that patriarchy is constructed, but matriarchy is the natural process. This is completely unscientific. Completely unevolutionary, if you want to even get into the evolutionary Thank theory. You. Come on. Completely unbiological. But they've made this statement that automatically the foundation of all of it is patriarchy is bad because it's fake. Matriarchy is the true way. So we have to get rid of patriarchy. So that's the thought process that we're really starting with exactly. that we have to exactly. battle. But I want to so I want to read this. When people come against patriarchy, what they tend to do is say, so men, men aren't really important. That, that tends to be the thread underneath. So I'm going to read this from the National Center for Fathering. Families without a father are 44% more likely to raise children in poverty. 71% of all adolescent substance abusers come from fatherless homes. Come on, dude. Listen They're to this. They're twice as likely to commit suicide. Why? 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 What right? is it? What is it that the what dad has? What is it about the man? Yeah, what is it about the man that they offer to a child? Yeah. 80% in psych hospitals are from fatherless homes. Good night. Pay attention to that. 
eight out of ten are coming from fatherless homes. No, 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 no. Take that. Psych, psychiatric, right? Mentally deficient. Look what's happening with what's happening to kids today. Sex changes, confusion, gender confusion, Ooh, all these things. I'm telling you, good. dude, it's not just psych wards. A lot of these kids are coming from homes that the dad's either not standing up or B, they're not there. Nine times more likely to drop out of school. 70% in juvenile correctional facilities come from fatherless homes. 60% of rapists come from fatherless homes. Truth. 20 times more likely to be incarcerated. If you're from a fatherless home, yeah. If you're from a fatherless home. 70% of teen pregnancies come from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes, which is 20 times Good the God, average. Dude. Good God. And why? We'll get into scripture in a minute. How the the duty of the father is to discipline. Listen, my wife corrected me on something. I got to tell you guys this. Yeah, so go for it. usually in homeschool families, you see the wife doing most of the teaching, which is good. That's I'm not saying that's bad or unscriptural, right? But she said, look at the Old Testament. Who was the one teaching the lineages, the word of God, the fatherhood? Who was teaching? Was it the oh, was it the wise. mother or that's was wise. it the father? And I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. It was the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, teaching the lineages, the words of the Lord, all these things. The fathers were pouring into the children, right? I remember um, my cousin told me, you never want to use your hand to spank your child because only in Scripture do you see the hand used to bless. Ooh. So you have to be careful as a man how you use your hand, how we use our words, right? All these things. The male has a huge responsibility and role in the family. This is why it's so crazy. You know what? Women are mad. Because men aren't being men. Men aren't being men, yeah. That's the only reason they're saying men are just this and they're they don't stand up. Okay, and but like Shapiro once said, and, and I heard him say this once in college, you don't want me to be a man, but you would be mad if I didn't protect you from a rapist on college campus. And and let me take this one step further. So the argument is that toxic masculinity is reigning supreme. Okay. Give so that, so right? your idea is toxic masculinity. So men's attributes that are out of order. Now, the American Psychology American Association of Psychology, American Psychology Association, huh? uh, they put out the the uh, DSMs. So really, the standard of how how the field of psychology is done. In the latest DSM, they wrote about toxic masculinity and how to treat it. And some of the things that they considered were toxic masculinities competitiveness, aggression, confidence, right? This type of thing, which those things out of order become dangerous. But the funny thing is, look back at all these statistics. What happens when a father is not in the home? That's right, dude. So you want to argue that the father's not important and that it's the mother who's really important, yet then you get mad when boys won't be shaped into men. That's right. That's right. Well, or, with, and, and there are people who will actually argue that, you're not are you're not mad at an over masculinity problem. You're mad at a lack, lack of, of masculinity. masculinity problem. A real masculine man, a real man knows how to protect. He knows how to nurture. He knows how to provide. Knows how to discipline well. Notice he doesn't beat. He disciplines. He corrects. Discipline literally comes from the word disciple. I don't see Jesus whooping his disciples. No. Right. We teach and instruct, and when correction happens, that is not discipline. That is not. None of that stuff. That's called that's called correction. And we confuse these words. We continue to confuse these words. When we confuse those words, it gets out of hand. Right? Let me let me give you some history for a reason. So this idea of the patriarchy and it being a bad idea. So feminist feminism really in a context is a bit of a religion, right? And in the sense, no, don't don't take offense at that. What I mean by that is they have a way of seeing the world in a complete view. And so feminist theory has this idea of, of its own type of creation myth. So this doctrine really started in the 1860s. There was a Swiss anthropologist named Jacob Bachoven, who he argued that early societies were governed by women. Ooh. And maternal love was the guiding principle for civilization. So already you've, you've set up a false dichotomy, right? So the early civilizations were good because they were guided by love. Well, that's saying that the other civilizations are guided by hate. That's right. Which automatically you've determined good and evil, right? 
So he said they lived in harmony. Nothing was wrong. Everything was egalitarian. It was built on nourishment, love, and everything else, right? <laughs> you could say it. You put it on there. <laughs> so I put a joke. I said it was, everything was built on nourishment, love, and boobies. Truth. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and you ever noticed the false gods, a lot of the false gods in scripture were female? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I, can I go, go this ahead. route? Do can it, I go this it. route? So when I was doing my research, there were a lot of people who said, well, there's feminine, very feminine figurines through all of these civilizations. So therefore, they were maternal societies. Guys like women. <laughs> That's kind of the thing. Yes. That's kind of the thing. How God made it. We would say we're in the patriarchy, right? But um, how often do you see women on advertising, advertising versus men? Good call. So are you more likely to see the female form on sculptures and idols or the male form? That's right, because men are quick to worship lust. We Thank really you. Are. We really Thank are. You. We're quick to fall into it. Matter of fact, my buddy from uh, Ohio just sent me this. He said, funny how when females adopt the traits of toxic masculinity, they're considered strong. Right. right. Isn't that crazy? So it's strong for the woman to adopt toxic masculinity. When we do it, it's wrong. It's patriarchy. It's statriarchy. It's all that crap. And that's that's really good because one of the complaints is men are competitive and aggressive. Yet what are young women being told to do? Become competitive and aggressive. Yeah, like all those people trying to vie for Congress to get them equal pay when no one's watching your sports. I'm sorry. It's the truth. If people – and I'm, I shouldn't say no one. Let me reverse all that. No, I at least I, five I just, people are watching I just the offended WNBA. a bunch of people. Okay, listen. You know what I mean by that. I'm not being stupid about that. You don't have the same cash flow, yeah. the same crowds. You don't have the same thing going on. And when it happens, I'm sure you will get paid. Dude, Ronda Rousey was one of the highest paid UFC fighters in history. Because she, she made, put people in seats. Dude, she did. Everybody was excited to see her. Because she was knocking people out in 14 seconds. Yeah, people dude, it was crazy. And the funny thing is, guys wanted to see it more than girls did. UFC viewership is much more men than women. Exactly. So it wasn't that, oh, well, she's a woman. I'm going to turn it off. Man, I would much rather watch a Rousey fight oh. than a lot of the other fights between men. Let's let's check this out, too. Notice that when the women fight, right, they're cool, they're, they're hard, they're strong, they're tough. Yeah. And yet they always want them to look like women, women, wherever they go. Got to put on dresses, makeup, high heels, makeup, right? Yep. Why can't you just let them be them? Why do they have to be? Dude, I'm telling you, you're being sublimed and I'm not sublimed, but subverted by a media. It's a campaign. They're trying to divide you. And we got to be careful of that. So let's continue with the history for a second. So in 1930, a self-described first feminine history of culture. What kind of lens is this person going to be looking through, right? Austrian intellectual named Bertha Eckstein Diner came forward with the notion that all societies were matriarchal until they were overthrown and poisoned by the patriarchy. Again, they were good until sin was introduced and they became evil. Do you notice this theme throughout all of that is it was good. It was Eden. It was the Garden of Eden until the patriarchy was introduced and all of a sudden it became evil. We go further because guess who picked this up? But our buddy Frederick Engels, partner of Karl Marx, helped write the Communist Manifesto, helped shape communism. He theorized in The Origin of the Family that private property and the state were built on the patriarchy, used it to overthrow society. He proposed that capitalism put women into bondage and gave men the opportunity to dominate the society. Dude. He said capitalism gave them the possibility of gathering material wealth and building control through it. So therefore, the patriarchy was the subjugation of women, capitalism, greed, and individualism. And the funny thing is, when you read enough articles by feminists talking about the patriarchy, the things they bring up as being evils of the patriarchy are capitalism, greed, individualism. Where are they getting that from? Exactly, dude. Scripture. Bring it up. Scripture. So <laughs> I, I, I think I, here, we'll continue down the trade because I got a bunch of scriptures to, to hit on this. So that we know how to fight these wars and battles. Now, I have a I have a dear friend I, I went to high school with. Um, she always um, she always challenges me because she's on the more left side, more liberal yeah. side. I was just talking about her today. Yeah. She's an amazing person. Her family's beautiful, like the whole thing. We have really good discussions. And I think what happens is she's always told me this about her about boys. You know, she's like they should be raised at home and being taught, you know, not to take advantage of women. 
And it's like, yeah, who's going to do that though? The mom or should it be the firm hand of the father? Right. And this whole thing about toxic masculinity and all these things, like, don't you realize that without the dad instructing the son how to be a man, because men, I'm going to be honest with you. Do you realize that you're the first line of your child knowing who God is, how you act is how they're going to view the Lord. So if you abandon your child, that's exactly how they feel about God, God abandoning, unless he shows up divinely. But this is what happens if we're not at home instructing our young sons to be men of God, to show uh, courtesy, piety, all these things, integrity, virtue, to, to, to show respect for women. I do that with the boys all the time, dude. I've talked about it before. When I drop them off at school, every day we'd rehearse three things, right? What do we do for young women? We protect them, we nurture them, we take care of them. Why? Because they're God's daughters. That's it. They're not looking at them as pieces of meat and trash and, oh my gosh, what are they wearing today? No, no, no. They're God's daughters, right? God created these girls, right? And they're someone else's kid. They're someone else's sister, someone else's daughter, all those things. So, you know, men, it takes you to find out what scripture says about being a man, right? And you know what's funny? Scripture, a lot of it is universal. When it says, when it says children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right, or train up your child the way it should go. It's not talking to just men there. You know what I mean? But you can use that, men, because if it's not happening in your home, guess who has to lead the home? And when you look at boys, there is a, a an unbridled energy that has to get uh, narrowed in and focused. And men know what it's like to be boys. And a perfect example of this is my son, especially when he was younger, would get so much energy that he would just like shake. If you if you've had little boys, you probably have seen them do that. They're just like and they don't know what to do with it. And I laugh about it because I tell my wife, I I remember being like that. I remember having so much energy that I just didn't know what to do. And she doesn't remember that. And I use this analogy because there's so many things that men understand are going on in a boy's life that it's the man who is uniquely prepared to help raise that boy into becoming a man. And little boys need role models. That's why they find superheroes so fascinating because they want a role model. They want an ideal to look up to. So men need to be that ideal. They need to be that role model for that boy. It's not that boys don't learn something from their mother. They get nourishment. They get caretaking. They get, they get protection from their mother. But it's a man who teaches the little boy how to take on a chaotic world. He teaches him the tools and the skills he needs to go out into the world and explore and be able to handle himself. And so the reason that you see all these statistics that we come out with is that if he doesn't have a father or he doesn't have a great male role model helping teaching him, he has no clue how to interact with the world once he leaves the house. And that starts before he even leaves the house because he's starting to interact with the world as his own person. And he has had no man guide him on this path. So then he ends up having less than ideal role models to raise him up. That's why exactly. young black men so often go astray in the, in the community because there's no fathers in there. So the only other men that they have to look to are 18-year-old gang members. Right? Or or people who have more than them. So then guys that are on TV appeal to their baser instincts, fear and greed. So when you see people out there, look at those men, man. They got tons of money. Why? Because they're misogynists. They're this. That's what they look to because they don't have a moral foundation in the home. That's why a lot of guys who turn out Christian are like, man, it was my grandmama that brought me to church. You know, or in Hispanic yeah. cultures, man, it's the moms praying for the kids. Yeah. You know, right? But then it's the man. And a lot of the times, like growing up in a Hispanic family, my dad was a, he was a worker, man. That guy was always gone to work. But he always made time to make sure that we understood he was there. But he was working like crazy, dude. That guy would work, oh, endless hours. He just since retired. But daddy was a worker, man. And dad taught us some good things, taught us some <laughs> not so good things because he's not perfect. But he taught us great things, you know, how to value, how to take care of things, how to take care of what God's given you, how to be stewards. All those things came from him. Where would I be without that? You know what I mean? And that's the problem here, you know? And let's let's wrap this back into patriarchy, right? Because we're talking about this term, and, and I think it's important to decide, okay, A, is our culture a patriarchy? B, is that good or bad? C, what, why good or bad? So first I would say, if you want to do it in the most general context that men are the leaders of the society, you could argue that this is a patriarchy. 
we're more we're closer to an egalitarian society than you probably want to admit um, if you have an agenda. But it, what you find is the most egalitarian societies are the ones where men and women end up going towards their own stereotypical roles anyway. So especially the yeah. Scandinavian countries where it's considered very, very, very egalitarian and America is evil. They actually have lower participation rates in right. like women in the STEM fields or men as nurses, right? So people gravitate towards their roles and there's actually, there's scientific evidence and research towards this. They've taken one-year-old babies and they've laid them in a crib with a mobile and then what they found is the boy, one-year-old or one-day-old baby, sorry, one-day-old, they're they're going to look longer at the mobile with the tools and the cars and stuff than they are with the ones with faces, whereas the girls will look longer at the faces. Why? Men are biologically geared towards tools, towards towards working with their hands, engineering, crafting, building, right, exploring. Women are more geared towards relationships. And so we, th the argument is that the patriarchy is a societal construct, right? That, that slide that we put up, which just isn't true because there is no way that societal construct can influence a one day old baby. It's biological, totally biological, which goes ex exactly into scripture. When you exactly. look at how men and women are shaped and formed by God. Exactly. And you know, it's, it's funny because men don't, don't let that be an excuse not to be, uh, not to have empathy, you know, don't let that be an excuse not to have an empathetic heart towards your kids let's, towards go ahead. Let's go farther with that. Go ahead. So Ephesians, what kind of role does Ephesians give to the husband? Say again, I'm sorry. What, what type of role does Ephesians give to the husband? Oh, Christ. It's you have to be like Christ. You have to. So I was going to read that. I have it all here. Cool. So it's Ephesians five when he says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, just like Christ loves the church. And gave himself for it to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word. Are you doing that over your wife? Are you pouring into your wife? Are you uh, 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 making her holy? Are you pushing her to the things of God? Are you showing her the way to do it? Not just pushing her. Are you being the example to your wife to push her to holiness? Are you cleansing her by the washing of the water of the word? When, In other words, are you encouraging her with the words of life from heaven? Are you speaking life into your wife? There's a whole lot of things here that we don't realize that this is saying that goes beyond just what you're reading. Because Christ always empowers me to overcome. Am I doing that with my wife? Am I doing that with who she is, her calling, her anointing as a mother, right? As a business owner, she runs self-evident, you know? Am I encouraging her to continue in the walk even when she gets discouraged, right? Let's continue. Uh, and to present her uh, to himself as a radiant church is your wife radiant remember when you and i had this discussion a long time ago dude i remember when my wife uh because she, she's not materialistic if you know carrie she's not materialistic she's gorgeous but she just does she's not a materialist so i remember one time uh, when we first got together i think we were first married probably a couple years in she had socks that had holes in them and the lord quickened me to it i was like why do you have holes in your socks why haven't we gone about she's like i just don't you know i don't really care and i'm like so do you realize, though, that you, how you dress and stuff is a representation of how I treat you? So how you dress, how you comport yourself, how you, how you look is how I provide for you. If you think about it, and she never again, never again. If she feels anything that like anything's breaking or anything, she replaces it. And she has a standard now. I have a standard for her, too. I want her to always look presentable, always look radiant. I love when my wife looks radiant. You know what I mean? Because that's how Christ presents the church to God. Matter of fact, the book of Jude says this, that he presents you faultless with joy before the Lord. Christ does. So if he gave himself for the church, look, this is convicting. If you're listening with spiritual ears, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. You're supposed to do this with your wife. This is the role of husbands to your wife. Okay, let's continue. Uh, as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Let's go here. Go, go Let, there. No, go let's go it. here. Go for it. If you bash your wife and she has wrinkle or spot, who's it on? And if you're bashing your wife to other men, ooh. if you're bashing your wife, that's dude, that's what this is saying. Would you bash? Like, this is why I don't like it when preachers bash the church. The church this, the church that, the church assists. You're the church. 
You're bashing yourself. What are, yeah, what are you saying about the job that you're exactly. doing? Exactly. <laughs> if you can sit here and bash your wife for what she's not doing, are you leading her, man, into what she's called to do? Because the bottom line is you're going to answer for this marriage. You're the head of this marriage. You're to love her as Christ loved the church. And if there's no respect from her on her side, are you loving her in truth? Listen, when I hear about divorces, not capping on divorces, sometimes they're necessary. I completely understand that. But there's times it's like, we just don't love each other anymore. Really? That one drives me nuts. Really? So have you sought the Lord on that? Did you truly love your wife as Christ loved the church? This is to men right now. Patriarchy. Well, we're, we're always so undone by the media. Well, are you proving yourself worthy and without blame before the media? Are they capping on you for a reason? Right? This is convicting at all points. And if you guys want to comment down below, you can. Let's continue. What were you going to say about that? Presenter without stain, wrinkle, or blemish. What oh, were you no, going to say? No, I just, I think that that is a great example of how you look to your wife, right? Because it, another example is we're looking at, at new vehicles, right? And it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not even a question that I'm going to drive the hoopty, right? goat, goat poop brown car yes she's getting the new one why because i want her to have something nice i want her to have something presentable you're protecting right? her because I, you know that's dependable I want her to have reliable and as a man you sacrifice right so ephesians 5 talks about sacri christ sacrificed himself for the church he sacrificed everything his life man how much more than sacrifice the little things i think sometimes we decide oh well i'll sacrifice my life but everything else whatever no, you're sacrificing everything for her. You lift her up. Yes, dude. By serving. Listen, a Proverbs 31 woman doesn't just happen. That's wisdom. What does that look like? What are you, what are you pouring into her? Yeah. What is she getting from the Lord? Are you cultivating that? Are you having conversations with your wife about what she's getting from the word, from the Lord, from prayer? Are you encouraging her in Let's that? All those things, man. There's so much in this Ephesians 5 that's like blow yeah. away to me. I, I want to get deeper into that uh, Proverbs 31 woman, right? Go for it. So yeah. especially it talks about, you know, she gets up early to feed her family, but then she goes with money she's made by making things by hand and goes to buy a field. You have to think about the type of husband she has. It's the type of husband that encourages her to do that type of thing. Says, no, if you want to make something and, and go buy a field, go for it. It's the man who yep. controls and possesses and yeah. oppresses yeah, yeah. that says, you can't leave this house. Dude, you can't spend that money. That's our money. You can't make that decision. No, the, the Proverbs, and you guys need to read Proverbs 31. If, if have you it. haven't read it, read it now and look at the type of woman that is. She takes care of her family. She nourishes her family. She goes out. She's, she's resourceful. She's crafty. She's dependable. She's smart. She's, she's patient. She's loving. Here, just, just take this from, I'm not going to read it all, but I just want to read part of it. An excellent wife who can find her price is far above jewels. You know what I love is when a man can get up on stage and truly say with his heart, I married up. My wife is amazing. I, I don't even know how I deserve this. She adds so much to me, and I can't be the man without her. I, I love when dudes do that because it shows honor. But do you practice that at home? You know what I mean? Do you practice it at home? It's easy to say it in front of people, but do you practice it at home? The heart of her husband trusts in her. Boom. And he will have no, listen, he will have no lack of gain. You don't trust your wife. How are you going to have gain? You'll have lack. How the Lord going to trust you? You don't trust your wife. What's wrong, dude? You know what? This is where, let's come to brass tacks. We all want to talk about men need to be men. Be a man. Be a man then, according to scripture. And this is kind of a correction. This is kind of a hard message because we need to be men. And people are like, oh, it's always attacking men. No, no, no. Because we need to take a stand, men. Who's going to lead the church if we don't? And the big thing is that we have faith in men and what they can do and their ability and their potential, right? Because man has been designed to be that one that goes out. It, Every man innately has legacy built within him. He wants to achieve. He wants to have deeper yep. purpose. He wants to have meaning. Why? Because he wants to go out and subdue, take dominion over creation. That was given to them in the garden. And it's very much within us as men to go out and take dominion over. The problem is when we don't understand how to do that properly. And 
this is a bit of an aside, but I want to show Christ. I have a couple examples of how Christ treated women. And there's, there, he, there's, yeah. He's so Christ kind of reset the standard. So he was chewing out the Pharisees for their lackadaisical attitude about divorce. Why? You could divorce your wife for burning the roast, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like anything. And he was upset about the bill of divorcement. Christ yes. was mad, dude. He, he told him, Moses didn't give it to you. It's because of the hardness of yeah. your heart. He's like, you you kept requesting. And so he, he finally wrote something But look what he you. said. It was the hardness of your heart. Yeah. It's because your hearts were so hard that the bill of divorcement was there. Go ahead. Christ also. The first person he presented himself to was a woman. Ooh, come on. Now, now we don't understand this in our culture, but you have to understand this from Jewish culture. A woman was not considered an official or reliable witness for a testimony. She wasn't considered worthy in court. So if Christ didn't value women and set aside the, the cultural system, he would have presented himself to a man first, but no, he a woman who went and told the apostles, okay? He spoke to women despite it being socially unacceptable, and he never once relegated a woman to a subjected status. He showed and pushed forward the concept that all are created in God's eyes. We each have our own part to play. You know, it's so funny, dude, and he treated them both with the same amount of fervor. He tells Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you savor the things of man. He called the woman, we don't give that which is holy to dogs. I'm sorry, that was a different scripture, but he was saying, basically yeah, called her a dog, right? There was the same type of, I'm not worried about your flesh here. I'm I'm in the spirit right now. I'm thinking about this. And that word dog wasn't referring to as a dog, a four-footed legged person, uh, a thing. It was referring to they weren't Israelites. And that's what they were called back then was dogs. They were without the the the, the Jewish, they, yeah. they weren't Jews, basically is what he was saying. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a cap. It's just what they were, what they were called. Now, I'm just going to say a couple of things here about the male. Because if we want to have masculinity in our nation again, we got to be like these men, right? Abraham, a man who believes what God says. If you read Genesis 15, it's also in Hebrews. He took him outside and he said, now look toward the heavens and count the stars. If you're able to count them, God's saying to Abraham, he said, uh, so shall your descendants be. Then he believed the Lord and it reckoned unto him for righteousness. Do you believe the Lord when he says something and it reckons you to righteousness here? Do you even hear the voice of God? I struggled with this for a long time. It's like, do I hear the voice well enough and have the vision well enough for my family? Is it any wonder there's a lack of research? Do you know where you're going with God? Do you trust what he says and say, I'm going to do this, even if it looks crazy? No, I feel the Lord telling me this, and it's on. And she'll confirm it with her prayer as well. I promise you. You, you won't get a word without her confirming I promise you that. There's a union that happens. By the way, the Bible says you're supposed to leave your father and your mother, and the two become one flesh. We can get into a whole other thing oh, yeah. about that, right? clinging to the old, clinging to the past, clinging to your family for your answers. Cling to the Lord first. Family's good. Parents are good. They give you good wisdom, but cling to the Lord because he'll tell you some things that are way different for your family than you were probably taught or raised. It's not a bad thing. It's just a normal thing, right? Let's continue. Uh, Joseph, a man who trusts God's guiding hand. In Genesis uh, 50, 19 through 20, he said this, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended to me for good to accomplish what I'm now being done, saving the lives of many. What this is saying is Joseph had the chance to have vengeance against his brothers and sisters, but he trusted God's guiding hand. So even when he was thrown in jail, or I'm sorry, thrown and sold into slavery, when he was in jail for 12 years by, by Potiphar's, uh, the, the false reckoning of Potiphar's wife, uh, when he was in the jail, another two years after interpreting the dreams, all those things. Then he comes before Pharaoh. He could have easily killed his brothers for doing what he did, but he said, no, God led them here so that I could feed my family for generations to come. This was for their lineage. Are you trusting the Lord the way Joseph did? Here's another one. And I only did three. Moses, uh, a man has received the Holy Spirit. When Moses was supposed to do what was inside of him for the people, the 70 elders, he had the spirit to receive, basically said, I wish that all had the spirit. Well, we did in the Acts 2, you know what I mean? We were all given that spirit. But are you being are you led enough to bless your children with the spirit of God? To say, I'm going to anoint them, I'm going to bless them, I'm going to speak life over them, I'm going to tell them how proud I am of them and where they are. Even if they're not, you speak the life into them of the destiny that's in them. Peyton Manning said something when he retired. He said, uh, treat a man as he is. That's what he'll become. But treat him as he should be, then he'll become that as well. Treat him as he should be. 
my son's about to turn 13. He's turning into a man. I told him yesterday, he's starting to turn into a man now, buddy. Can't cut corners no more. Let's move. You're a man now. And I'm proud of you and I trust you. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? It just builds this, mm-hmm. this sense of backbone and, 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 and uh, uh, pride in him. And, and not a false pride. A, a, I have to do this because I'm a man and I'm taking care of mom and dad. I'm going to do this job right. I'm going to do this right. Do I still correct them? Yes, of course. But I correct them. I don't discipline. I, I'm sorry. I don't punish them. I don't do those things. I'm raising them up to be the men of God they're called to be. See, you can beat your children, but that doesn't do anything except tell them that correction comes with punishment. And they'll hate correction eventually because it's, it's never love. It's just punishment. If you correct them, that's true love. He said, what father doesn't correct his child? Right, let's continue. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, the, 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 the role of a man in family. The Bro- Proverbs 14, 26 says, you can jump in anytime you want. No, go for it. It says this, Who, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children, it will be a refuge. Whoever trusts in the Lord, your house will be secure. And for your children, it'll be a refuge for them. Is your home a refuge for your children? Is something they can securely rest in and say, I just want to be home. I love home, right? Something they can grasp onto. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that that gets back to the role of, of men in the society. Protect, provide, right? Um, um, serve. And what ends up happening is the idea of the patriarchy gets twisted because this idea of protecting and providing, that means going out, the, 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 the old hunter-gatherer sense, right? Going out and getting something to bring back to the family and protecting the family. That When the Bible talks about the man being the head of the family, what it's really talking about is you have to have somebody who's lining the direction of the family. And men have it built into them to go out and build legacy to develop, to create, to conquer in, in the dominion sense. And I think a lot of times what ends up happening is you're told, well, the patriarchy is evil because it's violent and oppressive, but the matriarchy is love and nourishment. The question is, are you then trying to undo the roles that God has provided in men and in women? And the beauty of it is when a man is truly fulfilling his role, a woman is free to fully be herself because she's safe. She's provided for. She doesn't have to fight the world. Why do we send men into war? Because men are the ones who are built biologically to protect. And one thing that I'm going to get on a bit of an aside, just as a thought process here, think about war. And so often we think about war and we're like, why are men attracted to that? Why, why are men so violent? Because war is competition. Think about that, dude. War is actually competition. You're competing against other men to determine who is the strongest, who is the fittest, who is the smartest, right? We're, we're innately built for competition. Now, is war a twist of that competition? Yes, but at the same time, war is also protection because people think, well, if men would just stop being men, then we'll all be safe. But the problem is there is evil and wickedness right. in this world. So no matter what, evil and wickedness will come to attack. And the question is, are you as a man willing to defend women and children who are biologically at a disadvantage against other men. 100%. I'll fight that war. I'll compete. I'll do my best to win. Why? Because I'm protecting those that I care about so that they are safe to flourish. Exactly. That's a man's job. 100%. See that right there. It's not wrong to say that. It's not wrong to say that. And you know what? It's not wrong to practice that either. It's our job. What's wrong with that? Right? It's funny because we want our wives to like raise good godly homes in these, but then all of a sudden they start taking on more of the responsibility. It's like, it's on us, dude. I've got nothing more to add to this. I think that there's scripture enough that says what we're trying to say. You know what I mean? And here's where it it comes down to. Are we walking in obedience or not? Are we going to walk in obedience or not? If we're not. And, and I would say that, be very careful of this whole idea of, well, we need to get rid of the patriarchy, smash the patriarchy. We need to put the matriarchy in its place because what is actually being said is you need to take away the roles that men are playing and men are designed to do. And as Christians, we have to look to, okay, what has God designed men and women to do where they complement each other and united as one flesh, they can get the job done. I tell you, there is no stronger ministry than a man and a woman 
who are united in that ministry because they help complement each other in the areas that they need. Where he's weak, she's strong. Where she's weak, he's strong. And they unite together and go forward. And each has a unique part to play, just like the body has a part to play. Each person has a unique role. Not all of us can be an eye. Not all of us can be a foot. It's the same way with men and women. And if we try to get rid of that and pull that apart, look at the society and what they're trying to do. They're trying to pull every definition, every role, every every unique piece. They're trying to pull it apart and say, well, anybody can have that at any time for any reason. And what you end up doing is if everybody's unique, nobody's unique. And people who aren't fit to fit, aren't built to fit a role, are not going to do that role well. And then they're going to be even more frustrated and angry because they're not fitting the role that they weren't ever intended to take. Exactly. And so you have a lot of women who are really frustrated. And I, I've gotten the statistics, and I'll round this out, and we'll get to the life lessons for a couple of minutes. Studies show, Yale has even produced this, that over the decades, in the past 35, 45 years, women's happiness ratings have gone down and down and down and down. Relative to the absolute as well as relative to men. So you can't say, well, men and women are both being unhappy at the same rate. Now, happiness is dropping for both, but it's at a faster rate for women. And I really believe, go ahead, send your emails. I really believe this is because women are being forced and pushed and coerced into roles that they're not built to take. A woman does not tend to want to be a corporate CEO working 80 plus hours a week until she's 70 with no family. She doesn't want that stress. She doesn't want that drive. And frankly, you kind of have to scratch your head at the men who do. <laughs> it, it takes a very unique person to want that. Yet, Women, as little girls, are being told, you need to be a corporate CEO. You need to fulfill this role. I don't want you to have to have that. I don't think it's healthy for anybody. So be careful when you're, when you're watching these terms, patriarchy, matriarchy, and, and the interplay of divisiveness. You had talked about divisiveness. We have to watch that divisiveness. So we got like five minutes. You want to do life lessons? Sure. What's up? All right. You go first. What have you learned this week, Master? I've learned that no matter what heart you have, sometimes people take it wrong. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, when you do before God and you have to lead sometimes, things uh, can get a little tricky because leadership requires some sort of a backbone. And I'm finding out that, you know, leadership is, is a goofy thing because you're excited about, man, okay, the Lord trusts me. At the same time, you're dealing with people. And the best thing to do is really submit to God in prayer. Um, I'm learning that no, nothing that you say, and I think you said this before, um, that you can't please everybody. Not everybody's going to be happy with your, who you are, your response to them, how you correct, whatever you do, right? And I'm not saying I'm perfect, okay? I'm not correcting for correcting's sake. I'm saying that there's issues that have happened. Uh, and I'm kind of learning, like, Lord, I can't fix situations i can't fix people i can't fix uh myself you know like if i screw up because dude i go to the lord every day and trust me there's leadership that corrects me too you know what i mean that hey you got to do this better you gotta you know do this i mean find that out with like you know just people in general and i think that's kind of the hardest lesson to learn is that leadership is just a hard thing but when you do it trust the lord because he'll always work it out you know he always works things out he always works out things that need to have happen happen right and so God's just faithful. You know, he's just super faithful. Yeah. It's kind of my lesson, I guess. I think, I think to piggy off, piggyback off that, uh, one thing that I've been learning, especially this week, is the idea of hope. Um, and when situations come up where it's kind of like, how is this going to change? What do I have to do to, to wrangle this through? And the Lord hit me with something this week is that idea of hope. It's, wait a second. If I don't have hope in the Lord that he's the one who can change hearts, he's the one who can bring things through and, and create new um, successes, you know, new, new highs, new levels, new developments. If, if I don't believe he can heal and have hope in that, 
then I'm wasting my time because a lot of times I try to take things on by myself. And I, I try to work it and figure out, okay, how am I going to solve this problem when really it boils back to, okay, am I actually having hope in the Lord and going to him in prayer about a problem or a situation, especially when it involves other people? Um, because I've, I've approached life so strongly in the sense of, okay, how do I, how do I get that person to, to heal, to correct with my own efforts as opposed to, okay, Lord, I see this situation going on. What do I need to do in prayer? And, and how, how deeply do I have to go into prayer, Lord? Because I have to have hope in him. And the beauty of it is I've seen so often the healing that the Lord brings, the solving of, of problems and obstacles and situations. But it's, if I don't have faith in him, faith and hope in him that he can do it, then what I'm actually saying is, well, I don't have faith in you. I've got faith in myself that I have to get this done. And that was something that really hit me this week is a lot of times we give lip service to, to prayer. We're like, oh, well, we need to pray about that. Right, right, right. But the truth is, no, you you need to actually pray about that. Like you need to actually get in time of prayer because otherwise you're just, you're faking it, right? You're, oh Lord, please help. Anyways, what do I need to do to fix this? Right. And so I'm, I'm trying to shift my perspective of like, okay, if I see something, how do I put that to prayer and how do I, how do I intercede in the strongest sense possible? Because I know the it's the Lord who can do it. It's good. You know, and so I that's, think, that's yeah, my lesson. yeah, it's the intercession. I, I mean, I guess life is tricky, man. Life is goofy because it teaches you lessons. You don't even think that you're supposed to learn. Um, but you do because mm-hmm. God's faithful to you. So, um, I think now more than anything, learning this thing we call life, um, I'm learning more and more that you know, things, God, God will place you in places to learn. Like if you're not learning more as a leader than what you're teaching, you're probably not right. And, and, and I'm saying that to be true because I learn more from people just sitting with them than I do actually talking to them. I think I learn more about, man, Ooh, I goofed on that one. Or, Ooh, I don't know if I should have done that or said that, or, or, you know, man, I, I should apologize for that or correct that. I think that's always going through our hearts, but you know, if you have the, the Holy Spirit, he's going to convict you of those things. He's going to convict you of how things were done. And uh, so I don't know. It just, I think more and more, it's just trusting. And trust is so hard because you can't put your hand to it. Yeah. You can't correct yeah. situations without his hand. You can't make things happen without him. You can't even have the grace for yourself without him. You can't have patience and empathy without him. It's a fruit of the spirit, right? Todd talks about that in the sermon today. And it's hard to do that. You just, you have to sit back because you can't defend yourself. You can't, none of that. Not that you should want to, but still, it's just you. you and, and the word love, you know what? I was saying this earlier, it's right. How in the heck, Lord, are we supposed to keep 1 Corinthians 13? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to do. You know, just that line. Keeps no records of wrongs done. How do you do that? You know, because like people do you wrong and you're just like, look, I can't try. I can't, you know, and he's like, yeah, it doesn't keep the record of wrongs done though. Love. And if you don't have that, you have nothing. Oof, you know, and both of us are the type of guys that we see a problem and we tend to want to just put our hands to it, dude, and go forward, go on forward it. with it. Yeah. And fix it. Correct. It, it. Yeah. And it's, it's something that he has to continually remind me of, of hold on. Are you, are you going to try and fix this all yourself? Or are you looking to me first? And there's been plenty of times and we, we go through situations daily where the Lord will tell me, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and I'm like bursting to open my mouth. But the Lord goes, just keep your mouth shut. Let me handle this. Yep, I got and, it. And because yeah. it's it's faith and hope in him that, okay, Lord, I've got to trust you. And I, I've got to just put the prayer in to know that you'll take care of this. There will be times where the Lord says, okay, you need to say something on this or say something on that. But, you know, and then there's there's larger developments that take more prayer. And I think a lot of times we tend to lose faith because, well, I didn't get my answer in a day. Well, maybe the Lord's working on this situation in a lot of angles for a longer time to get a better end result than if we just try to solve it exactly. every single day, you know? Any comments before we? No, I mean, I, there's just a lot of stuff on the on the whole, you know, thing. You know, Angela Anderton said, "I'm so thankful that my husband's willing to do the role of a man. I don't want 
I don't want to do what he is capable of doing. I wish more women could experience a complimentary relationship that God has designed We're greater together than separate. You Amen. know, there's so much of this. Uh, Destiny said a relationship with the Lord or lack thereof, I believe, has a big part in the family as well. Yep. I've seen in Christ following families, there's a pure love that comes from the Lord. I mean, there's so many of those comments. Yeah. And it's Amen. good. I'm glad it ministered to people. That's the whole point, right? So, so that being said, guys, another week in the books. Do Next not week. forget to check us out on all the social media platforms. We got the YouTubes, the Facey yep. Spaces, the Instatics, and the, the Spotify's and the SoundClouds and the iTunes. Check us out on all the major ones. Next week, buy some merch too. Yeah. 1776truth.store. 1776truth.store. You guys can get some merch. Look at that shirt he's got. Yeah, 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 you see, yeah, yeah. see that? You can actually get that on our store. It's custom made. Those are very cool. It's got Liberty, 1776. We got some new merch coming out. We do. We got new merch coming out for the fourth as well. So get on there, man. Support your guys. You know, we're we're doing this podcast for that reason. So, you know, rock and roll. Get on there. And next week, we are going to be hitting a cool, interesting topic. Should I give it up or should we surprise? Yeah, do it. Cool, interesting topic. Now, we've talked about socialism before, but we're going to talk about, look, is capitalism really done the work or socialism done the work? And we're going to show you yeah. evidence in history of how, man, capitalism has really been the thing to change the, the world. Free, the free market. The free market. Freedom of association. So be sure to check that out. Maybe we'll give you a, a piece of evidence or a piece of fact that you didn't know before. Either way, guys, we love you. We're so thankful for you. Subscribe. Type in a comment. Give a like. Give a dislike. Whatever you want to do. Just interact. Be sure to let us know. If there's anything you want us to talk about, shoot us a message. We'll cover it. So, Massey. Adios. All right. Love you guys. Have a great night.